0: That's when I felt like a bit of me came home because what I didn't find in the Eastern traditions and what I didn't find in Christianity or Catholicism was the feminine. And, you know, even though I love Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, all of it, there was something about reconnecting to these old goddess traditions that I was like, this is it.
1: You're
2: listening to the Almost 30 podcast
1: with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick. Whether you're looking to laugh or looking for advice and inspiration, we're so glad you're here. Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast
2: everybody. Roll call. I wish we could do roll call. That would be so cool. Um, welcome, welcome. It's Lynn's. How's everybody doing? If you're new to the podcast, hi. How are you? So glad you're here. If you have not subscribed, rated, and reviewed yet, please do so. Subscribe subscribing. If I could say it, that would be good. Subscribing really helps us to move up the charts on iTunes, and if we are more visible to more people, almost thirty nation can grow, and we can bring on more amazing guests and bring you awesome sponsors so that you can get discounts and stuff like that. So you can also go on to patreon.com and donate a few bucks a month to get extra episodes as well as our Almost 30 Dad Hat and other rewards. So patreon.com slash almost 30, check it out. This week is really, really special. Krista will be joining me for the intros moving forward. She is actually overseas in Croatia. Um, I love seeing Krista travel. She is just like, It's intuitive for her. She does it so well. If you haven't checked out her travel guides, please do so at 100blog.com. She didn't ask me to do this. She doesn't know I'm doing this. So plugging it for you, babe. Um, I just love watching her. I'm so inspired by... Um, her curiosity and the way in which she travels and makes everything work and the places she finds. And I haven't really traveled yet. So um, I am taking careful notes and cannot wait to start. So this week we have on Alexandra Roxo. Alexandra is actually going to be speaking at our Sex, Love, and Other Things event this coming Saturday, the 14th in Venice, California at the Sage Wellness Store on Kinney, 3 to 7 p.m. Get your tickets. Go to our website, almost30podcast.com. Alexandra is an amazing energy worker. She walks in the room and you kind of have to like take a pause and take a breath. Like she makes you take a breath, which is so nice to be around someone like that instead of someone who makes you want to hold your breath. She began studying spiritual traditions at a very young age, at 12 years old. Um, She was working with her first spiritual teacher. And throughout the years, you know, 18, she began studying Eastern traditions but she's always just been deeply connected to uh, energy and meditation. Um, Very curious about auras and chakras and how she can really help people transform. So we are so, so honored to have her on the podcast. We had such an amazing, open, uh, as you know, very raw, uncensored conversation um, about her energy work, transformational sessions, how she helps women to awaken the healers inside of them to claim their voices, their bodies, and their sexuality. We also talk about her Moon Club, which she co-founded. It's an online community and space for all things magic to happen. Um, It's really, really amazing. So go check out the Moon Club. So yeah, the conversation goes every which way, which we love. And uh, she takes us through some breathing exercises when you want to ground yourself and have a man look into your eyes and really see you, which is basically what I want. Um, So yeah let's jump in this episode. We love you guys. A quick word from our sponsor before we hop in.
0: But you know what? I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, and I was a little bored. It'd been a few months, yeah, a great right? few months, and I was like, you know what? I feel bad. Yeah, attractive.
1: Yeah, you're like storms are brewing. I was like, mine's attractive. Is- like, yeah. I
0: can put, a, I can kind of like, lol to myself, right? Oh my god, Like, like the time. <laughs> <A million> story <laughs> of my life. I it's literally like, fuck around just to lol later. Sometimes I did, and I it did. Happens. But then you know, there's definitely like some little like you know skirting the line and there was one the last night we hung it was just like bad and I was like that's it." A- and then I had like a little convo at Cafe Gratitude, and I was like, "This isn't working." For yeah, me. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll gotta like, go to Cafe Gratitude. Where the best though. breakups happen. Yeah. Well, I had two there. Where they're this like, year. "You are now single." Two breakups at Grat Two breakups at Grat And then I was dating this guy last month who maybe is still open. Uh, we'll see what happens. But he was like, we were going to have this this follow up conversation after we hadn't talked for two weeks," and he's like, "How about Cafe Gratitude?" And I was like, "Well, you know, the last two guys that I've dated <laughs> have ended there. I don't know if that's where you want to go." <laughs> and he was like you walk in and
1: they're like are you doing it again
0: yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) there's actually the same waiter I think was at both the other ones he loves me though I'm there all the time
1: (laughs) you're like I am whole (laughs)
0: without you yeah (laughs) thank you but the wellness, like, I sphere- am liberated, bitch. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. The wellness sphere, the wellness dudes here in LA, there have definitely been a few. There was another one mm. who, again, owns another company with a product. I'll tell you all fair. Yeah. And um, went on a few dates with him. Thought he was great, really exciting. And then I was like, so what are you looking for right now? And he was like, well, you know, I like to live moment to moment. Mm, I'm yeah. like a dog chasing a car. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I am no, like, most of those dogs get
1: hit, bitch.
2: <laughs> I was like, what And most f- of them have shit sticking to their ass, so
0: <laughs> figure like, it out. Who says that you own a company, you wrote a book, like, why not just say, oh, I'm looking for casual sex, yeah. you know, or like, I think you're great, but like, I just kind of want to, whatever. I was like, what? And that was the last <laughs> thing that was ever spoken between us. I, I was laying in yeah. his arms. Just kissing as he was trying for more. And I was just like trying to, you know, clarify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think you should go. And then that was it. Never heard from him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. He's got to chase those cars, baby.
2: <laughs> I'm like a dog chasing a car.
0: But anyway, so yeah, it's an interesting world out there. Yeah. Being, being single in LA. It's so interesting. The time I saw... the same dude you guys are talking about I was in yoga class and I literally
1: I don't know what it is but I knew well I also knew because we're in yoga and he's telling the girl who's sitting next to him in yoga that he owns company and then it literally wouldn't shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. in yoga like we're getting down to Savas he goes over to the girl I was like this is the best part right
0: I literally want to stab you. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, that the best fucking part. Like, uh, yeah, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, but you know what? That's when everything becomes like a caricature of itself here, uh, oh and it's funny. God. So I wrote and so directed true. this web show that I wrote it like four years ago. In our first, it came out called Be Here Nowish, and um, we premiered with this company yeah. called Aura TV. But it was we it was then featured in like the London Times and Vogue and all this stuff it was like 3 4 years ago and it was cool. about these two girls who went from New York to LA in search of a spiritual awakening and this was kind of like at the beginning of web series so it was like we were getting written written about with high maintenance and broad city and um that show has literally come to life for me, which is like my character moves to LA and she kind of like becomes a healer life coach and she starts doing Kodalini yoga and she starts like meeting these like wellnessy dudes and she loses her edge and like whatever, I haven't done that, but but it is, my friends laugh and and when I, the reason I made that show is because the world is so funny, like all of the stuff is so funny, like there's another episode where my character, literally, this is kind of like that dude, like my character goes to this guy's house and he's like a, oh yeah, come over For, like, just like some, uh, you know, breath work and like starts doing a tantric sex with her and is like, you know, it's just, it's really ridiculous. That's an amazing. She's concept. like, your dick
2: is out. Yeah, um. yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> and then they do a couple's glonic while saying affirmations to each other. Wait. that's, yeah. It was, I need to watch. Wait, is this online yes, still? It, uh-huh. it was ahead of its time, the show, I have to wait, say. I yeah love I was like, this. right now it'd
1: be so rad.
0: Yeah, and it was like, you know, we put it out like four years ago and, um, you know, the characters do an ayahuasca ceremony, and yeah, it's it's great. It's great, but it wasn't super mainstream, but it did get a lot of press. And then the second season, yeah, it also got like a modicum of press. We pitched it for television, but we didn't get a sale, so it didn't go to TV, but it was fun. So
2: Oh yeah. my God, would you pitch it again?
0: Well, my the person that I wrote it with were no longer working oh, okay. together, so okay. it was just like a Saturn's return project. Totally. It was like our about our Saturn's return years, like totally. doing yeah. all the things, exploring all the spiritual things, and um, coming to LA and
2: yeah. So, be,
0: what was like your big event in your Saturn return? Oh God, so many. Yeah, that's when I really was like, I am going to become an artist. I'm going to be, be a writer, a filmmaker. Full-time and that was when I wrote that show and then I did this other show with vice that 10 million people have seen where I worked at a truck stop strip club And we lived there at this abandoned motel and filmed it that we did make a TV pilot for Did you work as a stripper? I did you're the coolest person That's amazing. And so that was a weird Saturn's return moment. So wait, like, what was so, wait this on like? the, so
2: on the show you were a stripper, but did you also work as a stripper? No, oh, I had okay. never.
0: But we we found this place and we we're like, this place is so cool. And the show is called Every Woman, and the point was to destigmatize um, some specific jobs and roles and archetypes of women. Yo. And so we found this place and we thought, you know these truckers and these women like this is such a world that people don't get and it's so fascinating and these people are just amazing people like us you know and so we thought let's do a duck around it but we didn't want to just go shoot a documentary and be outsiders because we were like we'll be taken more seriously if we're actually living in there immersive and so we did and it was it was really crazy but that was a Saturn's return moment I feel like in any other circumstance of life, I would be like, probably not a good idea to live in an abandoned motel and probably not a good idea to like shoot machine guns in the desert and like blow up a couch with dynamite and like sit on old men's laps, you know what I mean? Yeah, what was yeah. that like? <laughs> it was crazy, you know? And and But during those years, I was like really kind of like, this is me exp- experiencing humanity and being an artist and— I sort of always have been like that but I went as deep in as I'd ever mm. been. So it was really intense. It was crazy. And 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 then we pitched it as a television show and we were developing with Spike Jones and we did the pilot and the pilot we went and lived with these train hopping street girls. And and that and and at that time it was like a, like 2 years later by the time all that came through and I was like I don't know if I want to do this show because like the whole show is super dangerous. It's like us doing really dangerous things. Like what? And one of them was like working in an abortion clinic in a state where it's like really controversial. And I'm like, wow. you know, like, it was all really dangerous and it was all women's jobs and women's experiences, which I loved. And um, I loved the one I wanted to go be a nun. I was like, oh my God. Did you get to go Wait, do that? No, but that was one of the episodes I thought, oh, I'm going to go <laughs> be a naughty nun. 100%. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have a short dress <laughs> <laughs> but um but I was like now I'm like 31 and I'm less wanting to sleep on the street and like for the pilot we slept on the street and I slept Whoa. like you know under a fucking truck on the street and beside like the train trying to hop train Damn. I was like you know what y'all that is like no, being no, your no, art no. girl yeah insane. So if that
1: what was, if you're like to the girls you're like let's just not do trains anymore <laughs> Like, let's cut the trains. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
0: exactly. No, that was hardcore. That was, like, almost broke me. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'll, like, start doing healing work in L.A. 100%. (laughs) I'll just, you know, do more of the L.A. stuff now. (laughs) Okay, so let's pull it back. Okay, so you started,
1: you were 12 when you started to get into this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So take us back to you as a young
0: child and then to, like, where you are today. Mm.
1: I know there's so many,
0: but... There's a lot, yeah. So I'll make it the semi-short version. But, like, my dad's from Brazil... Catholic background. My mom is from Georgia. Uh, that's where I grew up, Protestant. and But my mom's also super new agey. So she was always burning sage, you know, had Louise Hayes book on the shelf, like all that mm. kind of thing, talking about angels. And I started seeing my first intuitive when I was 12. His name was Bobby Drennan. He's passed now, but he was amazing. My first real spiritual teacher who was like, this is what your chakras are. This is what your aura is. Um, did your mom
1: take you to him? Yeah, She cool. did.
0: She did. And um, and so I would see him every few years until I was 30. And I didn't really understand like that this ha- is a huge value. You know, I kind of was like, I see my psychic every so often. But he was really teaching me a mm. lot during every time I saw him. Wow. Um, and I would call him, and you know, when I was like living abroad or doing something and ask him questions. He'd be like, all right, who's this Mike guy? You told me my dream last night. You want to talk about Mike? I'd be like.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god! You're like 14. You're like, but I love it. <laughs> I
0: know. Um, you
2: told me in your dream last night. Yeah. Did that freak you out? That he yeah, said that? No, it you're was just kind like, of
0: like already. In it was my, like not yeah. my languageing with him. Yeah. 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 Which is it is strange. Cool. Strange no, I never it's really amazing. Like, yeah. And um, yeah, my mom was like listening to Enya and Burning Sage. Oh yes. my mom listened to Enya too. So. My dad listened to oh. Enya. And you fucking oh my god, rocks. your dad's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your yeah. rocks? Yeah, she still does. She still good. rocks. <laughs> and then you know, I've always been like a deep seeker of spirit. So even like I would go deep into the Christianity and the Protestant stuff. I like went to the Methodist camps where people were speaking in tongues and I'd cry and like ask for Jesus forgiveness and like just almost be really curious about it. And it wasn't like I was faking it Mm. but like I was really determined to like feel the feelings there and then I would go to Brazil and my grandma and her friends would be praying the rosary hole on top of me when I was sick and there was just always surrounded with this sort of mysticism and connection and I didn't really realize that how special it was until Mm. I you know I know that not everybody got that. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. Yeah. And then I got to college, and that's when I studied like Eastern traditions and meditation and, at NYU, right? Yeah, I met my some my my gal pals, and they were like doing meditation and doing vegetarianism, and like um, kind of in that sort of world. And so I was 18 from Georgia, and I was like, "Whoa, cool!" Like I had no clue, even though I knew some of the New Agey stuff. There was some there was some West Coast vibes that they had brought to New York that were yeah. just very different for me. I was like tofu scramble every day. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm still tofu totally scrambling every day. <laughs> burning that nog chompa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was like, um, Damn, that's ahead of the times. Mm-hmm. I know. It's weird. It's weird. So, and, and during that time, I, yeah, I had my whole, like, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to like quit drinking and, mm-hmm. you know, all the things I studied with a meditation community in Italy and... I was like, should I go to India and become a monk or Mother Teresa? Did you think of that? Yeah. And I called my teacher, Bobby, and I was like, you know what, dude? I'm just, I, I got to just devote my life to God. And he was like, mm, no, you're supposed to like do your thing in the world. He's and- like, you're too pretty. <laughs> too pretty. Sorry. You got to face for the screen. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did, I came back. And that's when I sort of discovered uh, earth-based spirituality and goddess types of traditions. And I had this one teacher who was a teacher at NYU, one of my one of my film teachers. And she was super into everything witchy and goddessy and mm. fairies and all of it. And like we would do moon rituals. And that's when I felt like a bit of me came home. Because what mm. I didn't find in the Eastern traditions and what I didn't find in Christianity or Catholicism was the feminine. And, you know, even though I love Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, all of it there was something about reconnecting to these old goddess traditions that i was like this is it this is and and at that time i was like 20 i was like this is what i meant to do on the pl- planet is bring this back and it's so fucking weird that here i am like 14 years later whatever 15 years later and that th- i'm actually doing that <laughs> it's like, yeah it's, it's a very rare i think that someone has that thought when they're like that young and it's like I want to help bring, bring this back into the world and then you're doing it so it's, it's crazy
2: wow <gasps>
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's so many different other parts of my path because it's like, yeah, you know, I've done a lot of plant medicine work, ayahuasca, peyote, sassafras. Do you read, mushroom. Do you lead those? Like, seven? I don't lead them. No, they, I mean, they're definitely they're most of those are illegal in the United States, oh, wow. so no, I don't lead them. But I'm I'm hoping there's this place that that I found in Central America that looks really cool that I'm hoping to like take a group of women I either work with and then go help like lead integration work. Um, so it would be like a mm. retreat where people do the ceremonies. And and then I help to integration because I think that like that's such a big part of it. I think people go to these ceremonies. They'll like get invited and go to this place and then they just don't know what to make of it. Yeah. And it's actually psychological. I don't want to use the word like disturbance but it is psychological like Jenga happening in your mind. And part of the reason I think with a lot of spiritual stuff is like people just dabble and like put their feet in all the different ponds and like Mm -hmm. don't really know what they're getting into and don't know how to recover from an afterwards or the aftercare you know so how to navigate the experience yeah yeah, yeah. so for our
1: listeners so what is ayahuasca and what is um like
0: plant medicine yeah yeah so a lot of indigenous cultures use different plants as ways of healing for ayahuasca in particular in South America and some places in Central America, it's a combination of a leaf and a vine that've been used for different by different tribes for a very long time. I'm definitely not an expert in it, though. I've sat in ceremonies. I've I've been led by other people, but it um it really brings about deep healing for a lot of people, and it's become something that's been a bit more widespread now in the media and just it's mm-hmm. it's more spoken about. Uh, but like anything that gets trendy, it's easy for it to get trendy, <laughs> and then it's not necessarily always about the heart or the integrity behind it. So. You know, but it's actually that particular plant has changed my life. Um, oh, you've, did, you've done it? Yeah, it changed many your times. life yeah. yeah, so it's really clear. What's the experience like? Mm, the experience itself is really intense, you mm-hmm. know. It, it, well, for me, the thing is like surrender. So if you're a person that like is pretty in control and likes to be in control, that's the hardest thing. That was the hardest thing for me was letting go of control and really opening... Um, I think that people who ha- who are maybe I don't know what what makes someone less of a control freak. I don't even consider myself a control freak, but like there's a place where your mind where you know everything's mm. in order and blah blah blah, blah blah. And with that, you cannot be in control. And it's, it's terrifying to be in that sort of a surrender at first. And then it brings a lot up when you kind of let go of the reins. And then the, the plant has its own spirit and all mm. of that. So um, it's just, it's a ceremony. People sit in a circle. Different traditions do it in different ways. There can be a lot of purging. I mean, Chelsea Handler did it on her show, which was actually a very strange way to see it and I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching it. But it's funny because the first night she did it on the show, she doesn't give up control. She's like, mm. it didn't work because she has such a firm grip on, uh-huh. on things. And that happened to me the first time I did it. I like sort of let it have a little space. But I was like, oh, that was, that was cool. And I'm mm. like, oh, honey, honey, those reins are tight. Yeah. <laughs> so then I did it three nights in a row and I like it, it, it got a lot. Huge self-forgiveness for me, huge mm-hmm. letting go of all a lot of past issues around body image and things things that I had done in the past that were still carrying guilt and shame for me in general. Um, and it really like told me like, hey, girl, you either do good stuff on this planet, like literally everything you say has to be for the good of the all or like don't don't say a word and I really felt that because mm-hmm. at, at the time before that I had been in New York and I was like kind of being cocky and I've been interviewed on like Huffington Post Live or AOL Live or something and they were asking about ayahuasca and I was hungover and I was like the Tribeca Film Festival and I was like sitting on the stage in front of this live audience and I was just like yeah like whatever blah 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 like thinking I was fucking the shit. And I just, I remember this moment, I was like, wow, like, as I was, like, crying in the ceremony, I was like, I have to have more humility and more reverence, like, that wasn't okay, which is partially, you know, in the show that I did, it's really funny, and partially we brought comedy to the situation, but we also thought we were really fucking cool. Mm. 100%. (laughs) So
2: did you see it play back in your mind during, when you were on Ayahuasca, so it kind of, like, flashes, like, how does that, how does it feel? What do you see? doesn't need to be personal, but just mm-hmm. in terms of like, are you, like your, your eyes closed? eyes are closed and, and it's just, a dark
0: room usually. Yeah, you know, okay. There's different ways, but okay. your eyes are closed. And, and for me, it's less visual because I'm less of a, like a clairvoyant mm-hmm. visual person. I'm more of a feeler. So I get a, I'm get more of an empath in general in the way I connect with people. And so mm. I get a lot of feelings and that flashes of feeling that comes uh. up and comes through the heart. Um, but it's just, it's hard to describe the experience. Um, and I do, and it's definitely, if you have mental illness or something like that, it's like definitely an area where you really want to have a lot of care and... And mm. um someone really trusted with you in terms of who's leading you and your integration. But it has really been known to help people like war veterans with PSD, like my PTSD. My um friend made a documentary about that. And it's incredible to watch these these veterans heal and what's it called? Um it hasn't come out yet. Okay. Yeah. But um There's more heard.
1: studies on that in like MDMA, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, with yeah. PTSD.
0: Exactly. Have you done Ibogaine? No. It seems terrifying, yeah. <laughs> but it, but I heard it's, it's helpful. Who knows? Yeah, I, I have friends that have done it. Yeah, um, but yeah, all of that is like it's useful to heal, mm-hmm. you know, and to work through things that are that are causing barriers between you and being your best self. And it's not just for play, but if you really want to break through to the other side, whether it's Self-awareness, self-consciousness issues, body image issues, you know, issues with your parents, um, whatever. It really, all of those things can really help you. Mm.
1: Did you have those issues identified before you did it or did they come up and you were like, wow, I
0: didn't no, know. No, I know my issues pretty well. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like for five years, I, I like worked on my parents and stuff that that they had in their traumas that I was carrying for them and how that all intermix. And I think that like there is something powerful with people that are coming to the healing table and saying, yo, I want to heal. Well, guess what? You don't just heal your shit. You heal your parents' shit so and your grandparents' true. shit. And it starts all coming through. And you're like the end of the train. And it's like, is it going to stop? It, are you going to be the one who who actually turns it around? And that whole turnaround process, that is not easy. That is not just like a year of therapy. And that sort of weird mm-hmm. abusive pattern that your grandpa did and your grandma did and all of them did is just going to stop, you know. And that's where, you know, those medicines can really help. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. I love that.
1: I don't know if I would do—I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I feel like I'd, like—you know, you, like, open up doors to, like, other dimensions and shit.
0: Yeah, but some of that stuff, I mean, it's, like—I feel like people say that stuff, mm-hmm. but I did not have, like, aliens coming and hanging Yeah, you all the didn't, time like, do an stuff. alien thing? No, I'm not really an alien kind of gal, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am more uh, fairies. I am more fairies, too. Yeah. I'll take more fairies than angels. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I like I like them all. <laughs> I think there's aliens and there's angels.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not, I don't know. It's just
1: not my You plan. don't connect with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Aliens are like not my like brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like brand my brand is not brand. <laughs> Yeah. So, what do you tell us? What you do today? I want to talk about what you do today. So, from the filmmaking, I'm still a filmmaker and a writer. I write articles online. I have a column called Holy Fuck for an online platform called The Numinous, where I write mm-hmm. about my adventures in spirituality and sexuality. And I also write a weekly column for Horoscope.com called Sex Goddess, which is fun. And I'll occasionally white, write for Mind Body Green or Well and Good or whatever. And and then I direct. So I direct commercial projects or short documentaries that kind. Of- of thing. The thing that I love that is that I started in the past year was I just felt like I wanted to share everything I'd done for myself with other people. And I'd been doing that in art, but I wanted to work with people one-on-one. So I did two things. I started working with people one-on-one in a capacity, which I've called mentorship. And now I'm calling it more transformational work and intensive program because it's so intense that mentorship sounds kind of like easy breezy. And the work that I do with people one-on-one is really like Calling them into the best version of themselves. So it's not like, just like, hey, like, how are things going in your life? Like, how can we make it better? It's like, no. Like, let's turn around whatever's not working in your life. And it's hard to describe exactly what I do with people, but I bring them into their emotional bodies, uh, bring women into their bellies, into their pelvises, their pussies, connecting the all the inside of the body mm. energetically, like how that connects with the heart and the throat. Like, you can't really be fully embodied if you're not connecting with all the way deep down in your guts because there's like a love body meridian that goes up the center of your body and connects those three places. So I do a lot of that kind of work with women Mm -hmm. one-on-one. And then... um, Is that physical touch or mm -mm. just... No, but it's intuitive and sort of guiding people Mm -hmm. into themselves. Mm -hmm. And then... um, I have a project called Moon Club, which is a program that's a group mentorship program. And it's mainly women, though, we're totally open to any men that want to join us. <laughs> Steve, come on. Join the Moon that's Club. <laughs> and it's it's a non-dogmatic, non-sort of spiritual tradition based space. Like it's based off the moon's rituals. And but it's more empowerment and, and making yourself your own healer. And you and empowering people to sh- speak up, share their voices, share their embrace themselves I think there's so much out there that's like buy this thing call this healer spend this money you know it gets a little like crazy Mm. so this is like come together as community empower yourself use the cycle of the moon to help you because everybody needs a sort of container for guidance, um, I come and I lead rituals online. So we have 450 members around the world in all sorts of countries, and I lead guided meditations. I'm like, here's how you set your intention. This is like the next level for you, and then I work with people one on one on those on those uh, on the full moon ritual, and then we have. M- Live meetups in different cities. So oh, we have love that. Yeah, we have ambassadors. So like on Tuesday I go to New York and I'm gonna meet like our 15 New York gals. And like yesterday I did oh, a photo shoot that. with like 10 LA gals. And cool. Um so that's I mean, that's just empowering people to stand up. Like I want people to share their voices and claim themselves and be themselves and let that be mystical, wild, witchy, whatever it is. But it doesn't have to have like a specific dogma attached so that's been like a really cool space and I co-founded it with Ruby Warrington who wrote a book called Material Girl Mystical World and I've been writing with her for five years writing for her and she and I are just so different we come from such different backgrounds she would never do ayahuasca Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's like from the fashion world and you know she wouldn't talk about her sex life publicly. So, like, we're we're very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we come together and we lead this space. And it's just been really awesome so far. And it's growing. And, you know, the goal is for it to just keep growing so that in that space people can be sharing and calling each other into growth. It's like accountability. I love that. Yeah.
2: For our listeners, like, if you could give them one or two things that they could do right now today to... Um, empower themselves to heal themselves. So maybe something they're going through, whether it's, you know, something sexually or something emotionally, just something they could do like today.
0: Yeah, one thing that, you know, a lot of spiritual practices are actually masculine, sort of centric in the sense mm. that they come from a, a, a place of structure and rigidity, right? Like, it's like, wake up, meditate 20 minutes, sitting meditation, breathe, heavy breathing, transcend the body, just, you know, it's also, that's all, it's very masculine, it's rigid, it's structure, so true. and, you know, our whole lives are so structured, we have the freaking mm. Google Cal, all this stuff going all day, so what I find missing from women's lives is a space of surrender. I mean, if you Mm. have an amazing lover and you're just like getting fucked and letting go until you see stars, like God bless you. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen all the time. And even when you have a great lover, like maybe that happens once every week or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's other places like you can really surrender. Like you can go to an amazing like free dance class and like maybe you have a moment, like maybe you have two minutes where you let go and something incredible happens inside of you. But what I recommend is like literally laying on your floor a few mornings a week or even an evening and turning on like some really sensual, sexy kind of music like FK twigs or something like Mm -hmm. whatever feels good to you and like putting your hands on your pelvis and like moving your pelvis while you're laying on the floor and breathing really deep with your mouth open and your jaw open Mm. and like letting your whole body soften and really doing that almost until you cry. And the way that you do that is just by breathing in all the way deep down, like as if you were breathing into your cervix and letting everything melt off so that literally it's like you're clearing away the masks and the layers that build up that residue. Mm. Um, And you're just like letting go into a surrender state. Yeah. And at first it might feel really weird. And you're like, there's nothing happening. I'm just laying here breathing. But if you really keep breathing and keep moving into your pelvis, like I would lead something like that with my clients. But you can find a state where all of a sudden you're like, and and using sound also, that's the other piece. So connecting sound. So then you're really connecting your like pelvis, pussy area, to your heart, to your throat, with -hmm. sound and a little bit of movement. And then you can just soften, you know? I love that. It's like after you cry, if you go say hi to someone, it's like, they can see a little bit more of your soul. Like you've sort of opened yourself up, you know? So it's like, you don't have to just have a bad day to have that happen or whatever, have a PMS moment. Like, you can also just soften more frequently. Um, and, and creating that feminine practice. Or maybe that for you is like, you know, skinny dipping. Or maybe it's going to a pool dancing class. Or, you know, maybe it's having your own, like, sacred masturbation ritual. Like, something that connects you to the feeling of surrender, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people do that with, like, they're like, tequila or whatever. You know, it's like, how do, how do you let go? So true. And it's like finding a practice that's sustainable for you to yeah. let go. So that you get in that like feminine juiciness and you're not like, I'm in go mode, I'm in alpha mode, I'm getting shit done, I'm a badass woman. Great. But like you also want to be able to like, yeah, get into that like soft heart. Yeah. Yeah. So that when you see that hot guy, you know how to like just be in that soft heart and mm-hmm. let him see that, and you're not like in soft heart, soft pussy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did, mean, with a nice boundary. Yeah.
1: How did you get it? Like, how did sexuality become a thing, like a topic for you to like share with other women?
0: Well, I mean, when I was a ripe young age, and I was going to youth camp (laughs) I was also making out with a cheerleading squad (laughs) (laughs) you think I joke but (laughs) the girls? yeah you're the
1: shit (laughs) you were Um, showing everyone how to kiss? I mean basically oh yes
0: (laughs) Uh, come here I was just always really curious and I didn't have shame around it which was weird because then I was taught like that that was bad and I was like oh sorry oops guys no one told me yeah (laughs) so I think I was always really curious about sexuality and spirituality and it just felt really natural to me to experiment and to just, just to try things. And I think then I was told that I was a slut and that it was bad and things got confusing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, I still was still hooking up with girls and boys in high school, even though I was in Marietta, Georgia, but, like, not publicly. I, know, I was going to say, Georgia, this is, like— It was really racy of me. You were, like, racy. <laughs> but it was definitely under the—you t- table. know, like, no one knew. You know, For It was, sure. like, dating a football player and then, like, you know, having a fling on the side.
1: <laughs> with a check. You're like, <laughs> the best.
0: And your um, pa- yeah, but then in college, like, I feel like in college I was very focused on this sort of— like meditation, spiritual awakening. Um, but I've just always been really curious and like wanted to read the books and wanted to like watch the films and like what are the top erotic films and like what are the top erotic books and like what are what is it like to use a butt plug and like what is it like to engage in BDSM and like what sort of states of, you know, and actually it really relates to to spirituality or mindfulness or mind control or whatever. It's like, what sort of states can you alter your mind in, you know, or or from with sexuality?
2: Like if you're meeting a man or even a woman, like where you feel that they are hard, but you feel like there's something beyond that. Do you ever want to kind of like open them up and if so like how do you do that
0: yeah that's actually an amazing question Um, so I've been apprenticing with these two teachers London London Angel Winters and Justin Patrick Pierce and they're so rad they Mm. are a beautiful couple and they do this work called the yoga of intimacy that I've written about in two different articles and Part of what they do is this, um, and in the practice, like you stand opposite someone and you learn how to help them open without using words, using breath and eye contact. And it's an amazing practice. Um, Mm. It's changed my life and I love it so much. You guys, if you ever feel like going to one of their new monthly co-eds in Santa Monica, and then they do an intensive two-day workshop, but yeah. You can, you can, I mean, everybody has a beautiful heart under the surface and it's just a dance of how to get there. Um, And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, it really requires like being patient, looking at them in the eye for just an extra moment. So if you like meet that guy and he's like, yo, da, 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 and you can just like lightly catch his attention for before you reply and just breathe. Mm -hmm. And then just like, I'm good, thank you like you probably have pulled them in with that pause, just open breath and that just moment of eye contact. And those things are just things we overlook. And they're also hard if we're not in our body in the moment, if we're not grounded into us, if we're not in that like juicy feminine state, right? Like you can do that before a date as a really good practice to get into that zone. Then if you're in that zone and the dude's not, you can call him into presence like, yo, where you are where are you mm-hmm. you sit there and you're like you know he's looking at his phone and you're like oh. and you don't have to say one word <laughs> Literally. like but he'll yeah. be like what oh sorry <laughs> I did it the other day on a date with actually another wellness guy that's amazing <laughs> but he and I didn't even need to do phone? it he went on his phone for a second and I just went oh. And he would, oh, sorry, I no, sorry, I just lunch break. I needed to check, and I was like, oh, it's fine. And it's funny because I'm just in the practice now, so I'm used mm-hmm. to not responding with with, because otherwise you're just like head to head, like, and that's not sexy. You want to be like yeah. body to body, energy to energy. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's something I've been learning, and I'm still like apprenticing with them. And I it's love just that.
2: that's amazing. It's
0: so juicy.
2: It is just so fun. fun. Yeah, it's so I didn't even fun. think about that.
0: Now, if I like go on a date with a guy and he's just like <laughs> wants to like nerd out, and just just so- thinking of something. <sighs> Sorry, like, tell me. I was thinking
2: <laughs> of you on your phone, like doing. You know how the other day you had a story and you're like, no, like Justin told me, no phone on our walk. Oh yeah, and I just picture Justin doing a sigh, like,
1: oh, <laughs> oh literally, <laughs> like him doing
0: the feminine, yeah, yeah and him
1: being like. Uh, oh. And you being like, what, babe? No, he always goes. You need a detox, digital detox.
0: Put your phone away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and what can you do? And I mean, what I love is I'm like what a man's like. No, put it away. Like, but like, yeah, strong. sexy. I'm like,
2: yes. Or take my phone. Mm-hmm. Put yeah. it in your purse. Yeah, You're like
0: what are you going to do with it? (laughs) (laughs) What do I got to do to get it back? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, but that dance of like masculine Mm. feminine energies is something that I'm super excited about and that I've been learning about so much. And it it doesn't have to be within a man and a woman. Like I can hold a masculine energy if I want to. And I do when I'm leading ritual because I'm holding structure and I'm leading and that's very alpha. Mm. Um, but like when I'm like on a date with a dude, I don't want that. I don't want someone else to do that. I just yeah. want to be like, Oh my god,
2: same. I want to be
0: like this beautiful dancing flower. Me too. 100%. <laughs> but, but you can't do that if the guy's in his feminine and he's kind of wishy washy and all over the place. And like you can try to call him into presence, and and but sometimes you can't. And it's funny because like once you've kind of like gone out with someone who like gives you their fullness and their deep masculinity and that's what you want and then you go out with the guy who's just like oh yeah whatever like cool so this you do for work oh great like treats you like you're like just a homie and -hmm. it's just like "Mm, no not the full flavor I'm looking for yeah Yeah,
2: well, I guess thank God for those guys that did give you the whole. Like, I mean, it makes it more difficult. Yeah, because then you know
0: you're Mm missing And I've actually had a girlfriend who gave that to me. So it's like, Mm. and she was so like, she was super butch. Was like when I was twenty six, super alpha, Mm. and like would let like there was one time where I was at a bar and I was just like dancing to Nirvana and I threw a fucking glass with my friend we were throwing glasses dancing to Nirvana and my girlfriend was so just cool that she was just like right, it's time to go like she didn't freak out and she wasn't like what are you guys doing oh my god this is crazy (laughs) but she was just like reined, reined me in in the most delightful way and like that was I was just like yes yeah, I need the space to be free and knowing somebody has my back 100 percent Had my just, fucking um, back. You know. No judgment too. Yeah, no judgment. Just like, babe, bring it in. Right yeah, now. like yeah. you literally <laughs> are smashing glasses. It's like, let's go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll smash
2: you at home.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I
2: mean, yeah. The only thing
1: I'm smashing. <laughs> um, switching gears a little bit. I want to talk about the article you wrote on why women trigger each other and how to deal.
0: Oh, didn't you like that? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Thank you. Tell Thank us the you Prem. Well, I feel like I've always triggered women, honestly. Like I said, like in high school, it was like, you're a slut, you stole my boyfriend, you know. And then I learned that I needed to like be less pretty, be less sexy, be less vocal in order for girls to like me, um, in order for girls' boyfriends not to look at me, all this stuff, right? And so you'd reprogram. And like, Mm. I literally have been looking at pictures of myself from like last year and like how I wore my hair. And I'm like, part of that was trying to hide my beauty. And just for years, because I didn't want to... I'll outshine people around me or whatever. And so as I've come into my own more and more and just been able to accept myself as who I am and be like, no, like it's okay to be beautiful. It's okay to be sexy. Like it's okay to be whoever and however I want to be. I've noticed that like I will put people off and um, it's really sad sometimes. It's like, well, why didn't this person call me back? Or they'll be like, hey, you're too far out for me. Or you, people have told me you trigger me. And then I've seen it in other people too. and and. You know, and I'm like, fuck, like online is just like a sea of triggers, you know, because everything that you don't like about yourself, you can see instantly within two seconds of a scroll on Instagram. Mm, And it's just, it's really, really tough. So. You know, I was just like, why aren't we talking about this? Why are people unfollowing, blocking, shit-talking? And then sort of avoiding each other happens Mm. a lot in LA. Like, oh, yeah, let's hang. But then you don't, you know? And it's like, I just felt like, let's just get real. That, like, we trigger each other. And it's actually okay. And it's okay to be like, wow, that person has something that I really want. Instead of hating them, being like, wow, they have something. They have money, they have fame, they have recognition, they have a hot bod, whatever the hell it is, you know? So, I don't know. I just feel like with social media and us curating our presences, curating our looks, using sort of face-tuning apps, like getting fillers, all the fucking shit that happens. Like, can we be more real about, like, how we are actually impacting each other and just be straightforward with each other, you know? Mm. Yeah. I loved it. Do you have a trigger?
2: I know. I was thinking about it when you were talking. Sometimes for me, it triggers me maybe because I'm single. Mm. Like when I kind of see like the exploitation of a relationship Mm. on on social media.
1: Mm. Someone just like blasting it?
2: Blasting it in a way that I'm like, I don't, it just doesn't feel authentic. So
1: I almost like want to
2: know like what really goes on, which is fucked up. Because maybe it's beautiful and amazing. But like, I'm like, why does it need to be so out there all the time. Like, I just, I don't know. There's something sacred to it. Like, I'm sure I will have posts, like, whatever. I'm not going to be totally private, but I don't know. Just like, I don't really believe.
0: Mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that's a hard one. And the thing is, we're just looking through our lens of perception, and that's what makes it so... I almost want to know more so that I can, like, believe it. I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, but that—that's the thing. Like, this actually, know. this guy that I went on this date with the other day, another wellness guy. Um, he's part of Summit, and he is really great, though. Hopefully, we'll hang out again. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. <laughs> um, but he was saying he was saying something about Instagram being like we each get to have our hero story. You know, we curate our hero story. We become our own hero, right? And like, I actually really enjoy that sort of interpretation. I love that. It's mm. like. It's not our our loser story. <laughs> and At some all. days are our loser days, you know. And I really try so hard to show vulnerability and authenticity mm. on my Instagram. But I don't say all the shit. Like, I don't, of course, no one's business, you know. So, of course, it's going to look more, like, glossy or whatever. And we're also selling things. So, we're also exactly. dealing with a marketplace. It's basically like, um, it's market, you exactly. know. But it's a market that involves ourselves. So, it's just, it's tricky territory, you know. What are your triggers? I have
1: um, probably people mm-hmm. that are, but it's not like a trigger where I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, like I see it. But I know that there's like people that I know uh, they have what I want mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. I will have. Mm-hmm. But it's like, sometimes I'm like, they're further along in their path because of certain things and it makes me a little jealous. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, Same. fuck, if I would have done this sooner, I'd be there. Right,
0: right, You know, right. or
1: like... Mm. And then I kind of make the things where I'm like, I'm cooler than her, mm, mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter. It's, uh, you know what I mean? That's not, it's not me versus, right, you know, right, someone. Right. So yeah, I have people like that that are definitely, but I think it's, I just love it too. Cause I do think it's important for women to think about people in that way as triggers and think about them, you know, as like a reflection of what you may want. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like, what's important about it is it's like, recognizing, you know, that maybe my person for me who could be a trigger and they're further along in their path than me that I feel like I want to be my path someday Mm -hmm. and will be has nothing to do with them. Like they don't think about me. They shouldn't think about me. And it's not about me. You know, they're Mm -hmm. doing their thing and I should be thankful that there was someone to like pave the way for me in that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not about them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think that the, that the only time it gets dangerous is if we're, like, ghosting people or blocking people, yeah. um, and I've definitely had some people, like, reach out to me and be really excited about me, and then at a certain point just, like, never respond to my text again, mm. and I'm like, all right, you either got really busy or you saw, you saw this, you wanted in on it. And then you were like, that's triggering to me.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure your sexuality, like your, I'm sure that could be triggering for people.
0: Mm
1: Sexuality is so deeply rooted. And especially for women who have been told to like hide their sexuality or be ashamed of their sexuality or, you know, not like work with their sexuality in a positive way. I'm sure that you could be triggering for people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think big time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's good because I hope for that it sure. shows them like, hey, there's something here that I want to yeah. look at. Because I mean, so many of us are hiding like this part of ourselves that could have a like, you know, uh, a more healthy perspective. I mean, yeah.
2: Absolutely. What are you most excited about coming up for right you? Now. Yeah. Going to
0: Burning Man. Oh, let's talk about Burning Man.
1: Because wait, we had Ruby on. And then yeah. I read her book, yeah. and I read that part about Burning Man. So I have mixed she had, thoughts. Like,
0: total meltdown.
1: Total melt. I have mixed <laughs> thoughts
0: if, about going. What like? Tell us your thoughts. Okay, so I judged it hard, and I was like, I'm so much cooler than that. Like, oh my god. And one of my friends, one of my best best friends, invited me to go m- many years, and I was like, No, 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 no.
1: And mm. I still was
0: like, I'm cooler than that. Cooler than that. She was like, Just come. She was like, I have introduced you. She's the one who introduced me to Tofu Scramble when I was 18 mm. and many other things. Mm-hmm. She's the one who taught me how to laugh loud. She's, she was just like a, an igniter of a woman for me. She's like, just fucking come. Yeah. So I went last year and I literally had panic attacks basically the nights before. I woke up in the middle of the night sweating the nights before I left because I was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. What am mm-hmm. I doing? You're like, do I have enough goggles? <laughs> I was panicking about just like being in the middle of 80,000 people with no cops, honestly. Yeah. And no, no order. No cops, no That's cops, crazy. no phones. I was like, this sounds like a recipe for a disaster. I'd be fighting no beautiful phones. women. Yeah. As a beautiful woman, I was like, this sounds terrible. And I've, I've gone through different sexual assault experiences in my life. So that was my, tr- I was triggered. I was like, who, how do I know someone's not going to come in my tent or follow me right. into my tent at night? People are on fucking drugs. Anyway. That being aside, I went, I had a huge fight with my friend. We got through it because I was like, I can't go. Um, I went and the first two days I was just like so too cool. I was like, this is like, I'm like 15 at a rave. (laughs) And I can't believe people put up with me, uh, the people I was with, Mm -hmm. and that they didn't say shut the fuck up and get out of here. But by the date, Day two, I think, I was sitting outside at this little thing, and there was this woman like like singing, like, ha, 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 like doing a sound bath, okay? Mm. This was like, her like, ha, na, na, na. <laughs> and like, I was like, this is awful. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at these people, and I was hating, hating everyone. Yeah, okay, you're like, I just want to party. And then I like broke through. I cried. Oh. And my friends were like, What's up? And I was like, I hate that I'm here. I was like, I Can't believe I spent money to come here. And I got it all out and I cried. And it was really literally a barrier between me and connection. It wasn't about the people, mm. it wasn't about the stupid girl doing the sound bath or the feather headdress or whatever yeah. the hell people were doing. It was just a barrier between me and connection and me and experience. And once I got through that, I had the most amazing time. Yeah. It was just like deep, magical everything and it's oh, yeah. something that you, that you you just can't get from a photo It's ima- imagine if you watch a movie and you see a sex scene and you're like that's sex right like no movies yeah. don't portray sex well
1: it mm, yeah. so feels,
0: feels like something's totally like that you can't watch a sex scene and feel it if you see a picture of Burning Man it's not it just yeah. isn't. Mm. So, and it's like, it's like being in a vortex for a week where everything is possible, where you literally can think something and be like, I really would love this. And it just shows up and mm. it's weird. And there's no money for a week. And so you live in a world with no money, no time, no schedule. And you just like connect with people, not based on commerce, not based on who knows who, Love that. based on social media and yeah, and, and lessons come up and you come through breakthroughs. And last year when I came back, I looked at my social media. The other night I was laying in bed and I was like reading my post from Post Burning Man and I was so funny and I was so raw and I was so real and I wasn't like watered down with like mm. a bunch of like spiritual, like blah, like all the stuff people say all the time. Surrender, Mm. let go, all this stuff. I was just like real. Yeah. So, anyway, I would recommend it. Um, You'll
2: have to come back and tell us about it. I'd love to like hear about it yeah post burner um, yeah post burner how can people find you and connect with you so
0: please find join me. Moon Club yeah you can join Moon Club on moonclub.co mm-hmm. but if you want to come to a ritual for free mm-hmm. you we can um, message me on Instagram and or you can email my assistant <laughs> What's your handle? <laughs> My Instagram is at Alexandra Roxo. That's Alexandra, R-O-X-O. And yeah, come to Moon Club Ritual. I also work with clients one-on-one. I do one-off sessions at Women's Space here in LA and yes. on Skype. And, um, and then I do three-month intensive programs for people that wanna, really want to like kickstart and jumpstart and
2: get it all going. Mm, so good.
1: I
0: love it. So good. talked
1: talk to you all day. Yeah, literally all day. We should have a full episode about Shh. you and the train girls. Yeah. Oh my God. Literally. And you and the vice thing. Like, oh there's man. so much to talk about. Lots yeah. to unwrap. Oh
0: God. You I'm guys, good.
1: Friendship Starts Volume now. Volume one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thanks, baby. for being
2: here. For so me. good. Thanks,
1: guys, for well, rating and reviewing and subscribing and doing all of that good stuff. And spreading the word. And we spreading love you. the word and sending to your friends. We'll see you later. Love you. Bye. Bye.
2: We hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone. Thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Share it with us on social media. We always check our DMs and who's tagging us and we will repost it for sure. Um, We would like to thank podcastmasters.net for editing our episodes. Thanks so much to Clo Money, our producer, who's just the baddest chick in the game. And to our Almost 30 Nation, This is why we do it, guys. You are the reason why we do this. So thank you so much for your support, creating a loving, open, vulnerable, and just like, magical community. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you are in LA and want to come to our event this Saturday, October 14th, Sex, Love and Other Things event at Sage Wellness on Abakini. go to our website, almost30podcast.com, go to the events tab and you can buy your tickets there. We are just about to sell out. So we'd love to see you. All right, guys, hope you have the best week. Until next time.